Okay, guys, so we are holding in part three, Be'ezus Hashem, of um, our reading out the emails. Uh, although I did get an... I, I got an email, actually, today thanking us for the share on reading out the emails. So I figured out I might as well read that email out. But... Um, I just want to read you a couple of a couple of ideas over here. I just I just I, I feel bad to lose you know to leave out the people that sent in these big emails and the mummers took the time to write an email and it's beautiful and I really thank them and that's really the reason why I'm reading some of these out before we get to the actual real questions that I want to discuss. Um, I just you know let them get a part in this as well. Dear Rabbi Rizal, Shalom Aleichem. I hope this email finds you well. First of all, I want to thank you and tell you how much I enjoy listening to your show. I've listened to Dafiyomi, Halacha, Shkofer, and more. I find them captivating. I especially appreciate the personality that is reflected in the Shia. I'm not sure what that means. It makes us Talmudim feel the Torah alive and always waiting for the next sentence. Exactly what he's referring to, I do not mean. Um, and then he's inviting me to his Sforum store in Flatbush. So I'm very, very excited because I love Sforum stores. So I've got now one that I can go to. And uh, he's got a suggestion for the um, Dafiyomi Shir to do more Be'ian, which maybe I'll think about. But he's our Shem. But I want to give him a shout out because that's Kavaldik. And I thank you very, very much from Judaica Place in Flatbush. So Shem, when I get back to New York, hopefully we'll try to visit that Sforum store and... Uh, I'll try to bring a few more suitcases with me. Uh, another one as well. I want to mention this one. This came from Lakewood. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi I want to thank you for the incredible show on Turning Time. I was so blown away by show when I first heard them. I love listening to them. I must have listened to the Preparing for Marriage series about four or five times. Hey guys, this is, uh, again tonight, this is a plug for tonight's marriage share. Those of you that are thinking of getting married at some point in your life, so, so tonight we're going to discuss a little bit about marriage, Shidduchim, and the process. So I've given them to my Chavrusa and listened to all of them with my wife when we were engaged. Nice. I wanted you to thank you for making me the person who I am today. You've absolutely changed my life. One of those things where I would, would love to know about you sooner. Uh, from your Musa Shurim, Halacha Shurim, Atfila Shurim, I gained so much. Okay, Vachon, Vachon, I'm not going to go on and on and on. It sounds like a Hesped. Uh, I just want to mention him from Lakewood. I don't want to mention names because I told everyone I'm not mentioning names, but I, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to write me email out. I don't know if I would do that. Would I do that? If I was like listening on Tony Time to someone, and I've listened to people on Tony Time, would I like... Let's figure out where they like come from, email address, contact, and send them a whole email. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't mention this. I don't know. I don't, I don't, would you guys do this? Would you? Uh, would you do that if you were someone? Would you just send them an email saying, "I just want to thank you very much." I don't know. Maybe maybe we should learn from this. Maybe there's a limit over here. You know, there's a limit that maybe we have to you know learn the uh, the beginning of all about Koresatoyf. But anyway, let's get to the crunch, guys. Let's get to the crunch. Um, okay, so I want to discuss a few questions today. I'll try to get to two. I'll try to get to two. Recently, we've only been doing one, basically. But I'd like, I'd like to discuss two, sh- two uh, specific questions, which, again, I feel are questions which are questions which, you know, are good questions. They're great questions. All questions are great. That's the truth. All questions are incredible. And someone asked me how long this series is going on for. I probably, I said to them, probably just one more share, like today and tomorrow, and that's it. Uh, and then maybe we'll have a break and we'll do something else. If we see that there's a whole influx of other, sh- other questions coming in that are going to people, of course, I'll try to... Uh, I will try to address them. And anyone that wants to send in a question, even if I won't mention it, to get an answer, aw at etrog.net.il. Okay, so one of the first questions I want to discuss is actually uh, was posed by someone who's listening right now, right? Someone who's on the Zoom share as we speak. Um, and he asked it a couple of times, so I'm just going to sort of put it in the, in the way that I can sort of formulate it in the best possible way. And I think it's a very, very important question. I really do. 
I think it's an incredible question, and I think it's a question that we have to address at this time specifically. And his question was, and he'll excuse me if I add a few words and take away a few words, he's listening, so, you know, I'm sure he's Michael. But uh, the basic idea of his question was like this. You know, you, when you go to a shi, you know, you're having a shi, and you're like, you, you ask a question, the Rebbe says, No, ask Ben, ah, you mean to ask like this? And he goes on to the Heiliger Rashba and the Rebbe Eger's question, like, yeah, 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 yeah that, that was my question, you know? Anyway, so um, this, this, was, this was his question. I'm just, you know, I'm not reading an email, because he, he, he sent me the text, but again, I just, I'm going to just say that better. Um, the question is like this, you know, we've been davening in our homes, it's difficult. It's difficult to daven at home. It really is. Some people find it better. Some people actually enjoy it. Some people prefer it. Right? There's more time. There's more kavona. There's peace and quiet. There's no one, you know, behind you shouting and banging on the shtender. And, you know, it's just sometimes it's easier. Some people don't. You know, it depends. Everyone's different. But there's no question about it. When you walk into shul for the very first time, which, you know, those of you looking in from America, most of you have your shuls open. Uh, those of you from England pretty much don't. Eretz Yisrael does. See, so, you know, everyone's in a different situation, but even if you haven't yet got into your shul, I, I want to tell you a feeling that I had when, we, when I walked into the Yeshiva Bis Medrash for a minion. Obviously, I've gone there a couple of times to sort out things before Pesach and after Pesach, whatever, but for a minion. And we had our first minion on Friday on, uh, thir- on uh, Erev Yontov. Erev Yontov of Shavuos was our first mincha that we've had since, basically, after Purim. And there's a certain, ah, it's like a gishmak. Come back into shul. Ah, a minion, everyone's together. Not from a porch, not from a garden, not from a front lawn, back, whatever. It's, 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 this is a shul. This is how it's meant to be, right? A certain geschmack, that first, that first boruchu. This is a certain geschmack when you're davening with a tzibor. And then after a while, it kind of fades away. Like, sort of, we get used to it. Something in English called habit. And if, you, and, and if that happens, it's a big shame. Because, you know, we got our shawls back. The Rabban Shalom took us out of our shawls. He gave us our shawls back. How do we renew that chiddush of tefillah? How do we renew it? You know, the first davening was so geschmack. Like the first time you put on tefillin by your bar mitzvah. Ah, geschmack, that very first time. And then, you know, by the time you're a couple of years later, it's like, you know, putting on half a sleeve, just wrapping it around, doing what you have to do. There's a certain, there's a certain habit that we get into, and it, it applies to all aspects of Yiddishkeit. But for sure in davening, and for sure in this time, how do we machazik it? How do we keep it going? How do we keep, the, how do we keep fanning the flames of energy and gishmak within our tefillah? So I would like to um, mention to you an idea, which I saw myself as well, beautiful idea. There's a halacha which the Torah mentions about building the Mishkan. And it's uh, Shemois Chavov talks about putting up the Mishkan. And the Torah says you should put up the Mishkan Kamishpata. He says the Yerushalmi in the Mesechta Shabbos Perikah base. What's the Kamishpata? What's put up the Mishkan Kamishpata? What does it mean according to its law in English? What does that mean? So Yerushalmi gives an answer among many answers. And the answer is like this. That a beam that you put on one side of the Mishkan, make sure that it always is on that side. You don't just change sides, right? Because as we know, they had to do traveling. So every time they traveled, they dismantled the Mishkan and they reassembled it in a new place. So when you reassemble it, don't do so by putting things in different places. The same beam that was on the left-hand side stays on the left. The beam that was on the right stays on the right. That's how it is. It's a kvias inyan. Consistency. The Mishkan was teaching us consistency. And by the way, there's a very interesting halacha as well. There's a Morgan Avram 
in Semen Ches, Sikotan Vov. The Magadavon brings the question, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this, it's an interesting question, you ever saw people with a talis with an Atorah, right? right? Most talisim have an Atorah, they may not be a fancy silver one, but they're an Atorah, right? They put this piece of uh, fabric there, like a little bit silky, and they put that on the head, the head part of the talis. What's the Pshat in that? You ever wondered what's the Pshat in that? So the Magadavon brings the Shlach Kodesh, that the Shlach Kodesh explains the reason for the minig is, and this is our Pialocha, by the way, right? Your talis cotton, the tzitzis that you guys are wearing have the same Indian as well, is that the two tzitzis that are on the front of your beged, we don't want them going to the back and the back to the front. We want to keep it the same. So we put a simon on top of our talus to know what's the head part so that the two in front always remain the front, the two in the back remain the back. It's the same thing with your talus cotton, the tzitzis that you're wearing. There's normally a simon. Sometimes they put the fringes on. Sometimes the hole is different in the front because otherwise, basically, if you had a, pe- a square piece or a rectangle piece with a hole with tzitzis on four corners, you would never know which side is which and every day you'd switch them. So says the Magadavah Meshayin, the Heilige Shlach Kodesh, that there is a meaning for this, it comes from the Mishkan, Kvias. Everything should stay the same. There is, however, a problem. What's the problem? The problem is that when it came to the Avoidah of the Kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash, it teaches us the opposite lesson, and that's a problem. The opposite of Kvias. There is a Mishnah in Yuma Perik base where the Mishnah in Yuma tells us that every day, we know this, right? Those of you that have learned Mishnahis Yuma, you've gone through these Mishnahis, these are classic Mishnahis to learn during Yom Narayim, people learn them on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah time, whatever. So there was a lottery that every day they would take out a paper and they would figure out which coin would do which part of the Avoidom, the Beis Amigdosh. What was the purpose for this? was that the same avoider isn't done by the same person every single day. We don't want that to happen. The complete opposite to consistency. Asks the Chassam Soifer, whoa, the Mishkan teaches us us consistency, the avoider of the Mishkan teaches us the opposite of consistency, the Avodav could change it. What's going on? The answer of the Chassam Soifer is an answer that applies to everything in our lives, but specifically over here as well. Sedach Sam Soifa, you have to understand, Kvias consistency is valued with respect to physical structure when you build something, to the wood, to the beams, to everything in the Mishkan, corresponds to the Beis Amikdash above, and therefore there has to be consistency. However, the Avoidah in the Beis Amikdash, the Avoidah, right, which is performed, right, is performed in the Beis Amikdash above by the Malachim, is also performed by the Kohanim in this world, right? And, ev- and, and, uh, and a Malach can't change his place. He's an Oymid. An Odom is a Hoylech. A human being has to constantly change because if we be- grow accustomed to certain things and certain behaviors, then we just become and we fall into a, just basically a habit. And that is the problem. And we learned this when we saw the Toichacha in Parsha Bukhakosai that one of the things, and there's a Posik in Yishayor as well as in Perkhoftes, that when a person is acting bekeri, everything is just, you know, by rote, everything is normal, everything is without thinking, there's a very big danger to Yiddishkeit. And there's a certain thing that a person has to try to, to, to change things up in order to try and make things more exciting. It's almost like, for example, I've said this Marshall before, imagine if you're driving a car and someone says to you, I think you have to fill up petrol, gas, wherever you're from. And you're like, no, no, I can't do that because I, 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 I'm driving. I, I've got somewhere to go. I can't do that. No, but you have to fill up petrol. It's very important. So no, I haven't got time for that. There's very, very much in our lives that we don't have time for. 
and that is to think about all the things that we have and to think about what there is to daven for. That was what Amalek represent, right? Loshan Ashe Korcha Baderech. You know what Korcha means? Cold. Cold, everything's cold. That's what it is. Everything's boring. Everything's the same. You know what? Yiddishkeit is not that way. Yiddishkeit has so much variety, so much spice, so much life, vitality to it. The problem is that we often don't tap into it. And that's because we have no time to think. So one of the very first things we have to do in a situation like this, when we're getting back into our shuls, we're getting back into normal routine in some way, is to think about what everything that we have, what it used to be, what davening was, what everything HaKadosh Baruch is giving us. It's like, almost like marriage. That, you know, a person wants to come into his home. And this is a great suggestion, by the way. Maybe we'll mention this by the marriage share later. It's a great suggestion. You know, before you walk into your house, Be'ez HaShem, and your wife is there, or Mr. Shem, the kids are also there, whatever it is, just before you walk into your home, just picture for a moment what it used to look like when you were a Bocha and Yeshiva. It was hard. You know, you're, in a, you're in a dira, you're in a, you know, you're in the dorms, and you have to share rooms, and your roommate snores, and the air conditioning isn't working the way you want, the mattress isn't exactly the way I like it, you know, I have to go upstairs, outside of the cold to get the base medrash. It's like annoying. Now, Baruch Hashem, I have my, the right food that I want, I've got a wife that greets me, I've got Baruch Hashem. If you think for a moment of the times that you had, it helps you for the future. And that's what a person should do. When you're standing in shul, so now you've been there already a few days, a week, two weeks, whatever it is. Think about what it was like at home. It wasn't so geschmack. It was hard to concentrate. Then think about everything the Rabbanu Shem has given you and constantly renew. And I have to remember, the Chazal tell us that one of the things that constantly require chizuk is tefillah. Right? It's not like a one-time pill that you take and all of a sudden you're great in tefillah. It doesn't work that way. You have to constantly machazik in tefillah. The way to machazik in tefillah is to learn about tefillah, whether it's perish milis, learn about the words, right? Guys, we learned Shemona Esra, 75 Shurim. We gave on perish milis of Shemona Esra. Go download the app and look at those Shurim. Go through Shemona Esra again. I'm not going to do it again in Yeshiva probably. Go through Shemun Ezra, Hashem Suvasai Tiftar, go through Mogen Avrok. There's so much, there's so much there. And every time you hear a different perspective, you get a different understanding of Tefillah. You know, I'll tell you one idea, and then I think we should really move on. But we could discuss this for hours, like we could have done with all the questions. You know, one idea that Shishra uh, Pinkus brings this in his beginning of a Sefer on Tefillah, that uh, is brought down from the Rambam and Hilchus Tzedakah. I mentioned this, Daniel, to you. It's Kavaldegi Yisoyed. It's such a beautiful Yisoyed. The Rambam says when it comes to Tzedakah, how does it work? How much money do you have to give to a guy that knocks on your door? So the real answer is, you have to give him everything he needs. A guy comes to you and says, I'm making a chasna, I've got no money. How much is the chasna? $60,000. Just a moment, let me write a check out. $60,000. That's the chiv. That's really what you have to do. However, says the Rambam, and the Shulchanach and Yodeh Paskins this way, if he's going from door to door, he's not just coming to you because he knows you, he has a connection to you, but he's going from door to door to door to door, so give him a dollar, two dollars, whatever you can afford. Give him a little bit. Why? Because he's not only relying on you, he's relying on everyone, so collectively, we'll help him. That's the Rambam. Says the Shinshan Pinka, such a beautiful Yisrael. You know how this applies to Tefillah? Listen to this carefully. This could change the way you daven. You have people out there that, of course they daven. We're religious. We daven. How do we daven? Daven to a brainstorm. Beautiful. But we also go to the doctor, and we go to the lawyer, and we go to this one. You know, many people can help us. Also Hashem. But many people can help us, and we'll also daven mincha. So if you're coming to the Rabbi in a way that that Oni is coming to your home, that he's also going to your neighbor, and then the guy down the road, and the guy on the next street, so the Rabbi will give you a little bit, because collectively you'll get help. But if you come to Tefillah, 
If you walk into the shul and you open up your seder and stop for just two seconds before you actually start Ashrei or you start Shemona Esra or Baruch or whatever it may be and just think, Rabbi Shalom, there is no one in the world that can help me. It's purely and only you, Rabbi Shalom. I am coming to you because you're the only source of Bracha, of Yeshua, of Parnassah, of Rufua, of everything. You're the only source. When you come to the Rabbi like that, Shem says, you're coming to me? Oh, you're just relying on me? Oh, okay, no problem. I'll give you everything. Tefillah has so much power in it. There's so much. Yes, it's true that sometimes we become accustomed to it. But what we have to sometimes do is take a step back, think for a moment what it used to look like. When maybe in, in our houses we done with a good geschmack. Think about that time. Think about how you accomplished that. What did you think at that time? Maybe it's more difficult for you at home. So in short, it's better. Everyone has their challenge. Everyone has their situation. But it's important to add the idea that consistency is gewaldig, but also to change things up. There was a Meister once in the shtetl with one of the Rebbes. And they, they, the, the community came to the Rebbe and they said, you know, you're a dear Rebbe, you've been you know, giving us shurim and you've been manning us, you've been leading us for so long. We've decided to get together, we've got you, you know, money and we'd like to send you on a vacation because we figure that you need a, a change of scenery. He says, you're absolutely right, I could definitely do the change of scenery. He picks up his chair from the place that it's been for the last 20 years in the Mizrach and he moves it over to the next seat. He says, ah... Beautiful, this is great, change of scenery, that's Gavaldi. Now for us that wouldn't exactly work. But the idea is to constantly think of something new. Something new the Rabban Shum gave us, something new that we need, something Gavaldi that the Rabban Shum did for our lives, the way the Rabban Shum runs the world. Constantly think of new things. Now again, Tefillah requires uh, a chizik all the time. So therefore, we're not going to spend the whole time on Tefillah because we've given Shirom on Tefillah and Be'ez Hashem will continue to do so. But uh, I, I, just in a small way to address that idea, I think, um, I think that for the moment we can uh, address that email that way. I want to mention another email which came in. Also a great email. A whole bunch of questions, but I'm only going to mention one of them. Um, and um, again, these are uh, unbelievable. Questions are gewaldic, but you know, sometimes the answer, you could spend two, three shurum on just the answer, so I'm trying to put everything in a nutshell. Question over here. Um, I really enjoy shurum on Torah anytime. Uh, I had some questions for your Q&A. Why is there so much machloikes through the Gemara, and even amongst later Paiskim, like the size of a revius? There always seems to be another opinion. As I say, two Jews, three opinions. I don't understand the basis on which Rabbonin makes certain taconas. Weren't all the details communicated to Moshe Rabbeinu and Hasinai? Interesting question. Interesting question. It's a, it's a great question. It really is a good question. I hope he's listening now. I, I, yeah, you're going to have to spend time on this one, but we're, but we're not going to do that. We'll just spend a few minutes just to give a, a small perspective. And I, as I said to Daniel before, I said, you know, all of these emails... I'm sure each and every one of you could have answered it in a different way. And if any of you had to answer these emails, I'm sure there was a way that each of you would have given your perspective how to answer the email. And, and that's right. There's no wrong and there's no right. It's just about having a perspective. So, why is there so much machoik? It's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, we have to understand, machoik has been part of Yiddishkeit from the very beginning. From the very beginning. You know, we've had Machlikas Beishamai Beishelel, Machlikas of the Gemara left, right, and center. Sometimes it's based on the fact that someone overheard something wrong. Right? We get that all the time. Someone calls me up and says, I heard Beishem you. And then he tells me, I'm like, what? Uh, no, 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 no. That did not come from me. But, you know, that's how people are. And they're ready to Gemara, we see situations like that. But we have to understand, we see Machlikas in Gedolei Yisrael. Sometimes not only in Alocha, but also in Ashkof, on how to deal with certain things. Yes, the army, not the army. There's so much going on. As the Loshan of Chazal, of the Loshan of the Rishonim, 
There's a rosh that says this lotion. Miyachnis roshay bein harim. You know. Somebody recently sent me a question. You know, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to answer questions, and I try very much to answer. But you know, the, it was an interesting wording of the question. Was you know, there's a there's a machlekes Rav He says like this, and Rav Shlomo Zaman says like this. So what do you say? I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hello, these are, these are gedole oilam. You know, maybe I'll go with one of them according to how I learned the sugi out. But at the end of the day, it's not like, you know, who are we to give our opinions? Gedole Yisrael have a different look of life. Their glasses are life of das Torah. It's a whole different situation. And we have to appreciate that. And we also have to appreciate that we don't understand what they're arguing about. And we take sides. Oh, how could that God will say that? Chas v'shalom. We don't understand. These are gedole oilam. These are, you know, tanoim, amoyroyim, we, we, we don't understand it, right? We don't understand it. To us, it looks like a petty machloikis, but there's a lot more to it. And I'm not talking about machloikis that's made by the Talmidim or it's made by the Hasidim. I'm not getting into that. I'm talking about a machloikis that is a real, real machloikis. So, so machloikis is definitely something that has, you know, you know, been with us for a very, very long time. Shivim ponim elu elu We mentioned the Yushalmi that Mashiach Halach will be like Beishamai because we can only cope with Beisilal now. There's good reason for every machloikis, and every machloikis has a Shat in the Torah and has a place in Torah as well. There's no question whatsoever. That's Poshet. But another thing, why is it that there's a Machoikis, like he mentions, in the size of a Revius? Was it not given at the Torah? So first of all, the answer is no. Right? There is a Machoikis, by the way, what exactly was given at the Torah. Right? Was it Torah Shabbat, you know, Torah Shabbat, Torah Shabbat Peh, we said the Gemara, we had recently um, Peches in Shabbos. Exactly what was given at Mora, Mora, you know, Shabbos was already given before they came to Matan Torah. There's a lot going on, and it's not our time now to discuss exactly what was and what was not given at Har Sinai. But I want I want to tell you, the stipler brings this in the beginning of the Sefer on Shiurim, where the stipler goes through many of the Shiurim of the Torah, whether it's a Revius, whether it's an Amma, whether it's a Tefach, a very, very interesting Yisrael. And he says that there are certain things in the Torah, there are certain things in the Torah that um, was given to us. In other words, the Rabboni specifically, you know, you could ask this question better, you could say, why did the Rabboni not just tell us what a Revius is? Mole Lugma, not, you know, what is it? How much is it? You know, you've got different sheeters, you've got Chazanish, you've got Rabchaim, no, how much matzah do you have to eat on Pesach, how much wine do you have to drink by the Seder night? There's so much, you know, how much of a, is an Amma by an Amma that I have to put in my house, you know, Zeicha, the Churban. Why can't there just be a simple way? And the answer is that says the Chazanish that there are certain things that the Torah specifically gave to the Rabbonon to make, uh, you know, more Negea for the generations. And then, therefore, we have to follow them in the same way we follow a Torah, because we follow a Bonner just like we follow a Torah. But it, it actually goes further than that as well. Mamish goes further than that as well. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Gavalda Gazach. Um, we have to understand also, you know, when Rabbonin Paskin something, it, it's not like a magic trick. It's not like, you know, oh, they pick something out of the, you know, out of the hat. They said like this, they said like this. It, it, it's Mamish, it's, it's really, really not like that. Right? I'll give you, I'll give you a, I'll give you a Misa give you a Gavaldiga Maisa that it's, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling this mind-boggling story this one you know there's a halacha in Yeridea that talks about um, a chicken that falls from tent Fochim if a chicken at a young age falls from tent Fochim so that that animal basically has a chazok of being treif treif so somebody came to their rof they had a problem their chicken fell from what they thought was tent Fochim uh, but they weren't sure so they went to their rabbi and the rabbi said let me come let me come and measure it so he went to his rabbi, and his rabbi had uh, very, very big hands. So when he, me- when he measured the tefach, 
he, you know, his big hands were very, very thick, and therefore he managed to get 10 Tvachim, he even got more, he got like 11, and therefore, oh, it's 11 Tvachim, it's more than 10 Tvachim, and I'm on his treif. He went, for some reason, which he's not allowed to do, because the Gemara tells us in four places in Shas, but he did, he went to another rabbi, and he asked him to measure it. Now, this rabbi had much smaller hands, so when he measured the Tevach, because he had smaller hands, he only got to 9.8 Tvachim. He said 9.8 Tvachim, it's kosher, no problem whatsoever, right? That's the case. Now, what, what's going on? What, what do we do in such a situation? So the Chazanish actually brought down this Misa, and the Chazanish said, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. It, it, the, the, the halacha is kiveya by the rav that says it. In other words, it's not the pshat that, you know, there's a machoikas or whatever. The, 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 the psak is actually chal by the rav that says it. There's a real chaloi. So Yid came to the Chazanish one time, and he says he lives in Eretz Yisrael, and he has a certain disease. Right? He has a certain disease. We have to finish already. He has a certain disease that the doctors told him he has to go to Europe and that's the only place that he will be cured from this disease. If he goes to Europe, he will live. But he doesn't. I don't want to leave Eretz I've never left Eretz in my life. Why would I leave now? So the Chazanish asked him to explain the condition and he said, okay, stay in Eretz Yisrael. You're going to live. He said, but what do you mean? But, but, but the doctors, he said, the Chazanish told him if you go to Eretz if you go to Chutzlots, you go to Europe, you will die. They said the Chazanish, how can you say this? The doctors. He said, I'll tell you something. Your medical problem is actually a machlokas that's mentioned in Hilchus Trefus, and it's a machlokas between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch holds that in this situation, it's Kasha. The Ramah holds in this situation, it's Trefe. So said the, said the Chazanish, have a simple Cheshvan. In Eretz Yisrael, the Psach is like the Shulchan Aruch. It came from Tzvas. It's Kosha. You'll live. If you go to Chutzlitz in Europe, where the Mahalach of Psach was like the Ramah, you're going to be its trafe, and therefore it's going to die. Said so the Chazanish, it's the Metzias. The Metzias is that way. The Metzias is chained by a rov, and therefore it's not just, you know, the Rabbonim say something, they mean it, they didn't mean it, how to say it in a better way, whatever. It's more than that. The, 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 the rov's psak can actually change the Metzias. I'll just tell you one last thing, Rabbi Isai. One last mice on this. It's, it's, we can go on for hours talking about this, but this is one last thing. The Heidegger Teplika rov. The Teplika rov had a, a, a certain Hanhoga. That whenever someone came to him with a shayla about a chicken or anything, he would actually eat from the chicken. Meaning, if someone would come to him with a shayla of a chicken and say, it's kosher, give me a piece. I want to show you that I'm actually eating from it. Just remember what I'm telling you now, because when we learn Pirkei soon, we'll see this is very nagaya. So he would eat from it. That was his minute. One guy, a Sephardi guy, walks into the Teplik with a chicken. He says, Rebbe, what should I do? Kosher or treif? And the Rav, the Teplik Paskin, Kosher animal, no problem whatsoever. But can I have a piece, please? I need to cut off a piece. I'll give you a wing. I'll put it into the cholent because that's my meaning. No problem. So he gave it to him. This Svadi Yid was a bit embarrassed. He was very embarrassed, actually, because he had previously gone to the Kafachayim to ask the Kafachayim the Shaila, and the Kafachayim had paskined it was treif. But he wasn't sure, so he went to the Teplika Rov just to make sure. Now he's confused, right? The Kafachayim tells him it's, co- it's treif. Uh, uh, the Teplika Rov paskins it's kosher. He doesn't know what to do. So he turns to Shemayim and he says, Rabbi Nishalon, give me a simon. Give me a simon. That Friday night, a fire broke out in his kitchen and the pot of chicken that was cooking burnt. Everything else was okay. The pot of chicken was burnt. He said, oh my gosh, that's a simon min Shemayim. That that chicken is treif. He goes running to the Teplika Rov's house and he says, Rebbe, I'm so sorry. You'll be moichel me. I know it's also what I did, but I want to tell you. I tells him the whole story. I know you got a piece of that chicken in your cholent. Please, it's treif. Teplika Rov says, absolutely not. If I pasken that it's kosher, the metzias of the animal is it's kosher. 
I'm eating it. And that's a Gavaldig Yisait. Whenever we ask Rabbonim, it's some, this is a Yisait in Hilchas Rabbonim and Hilchas Psak. When you ask someone, someone, it's, it's Chal, it can actually change the Metzias of what's going on. So yes, there's Machoikas in Kalal Yisrael, but there's good reason for it. We don't understand it. It wasn't given at Sinai necessarily, because there's a grey error that was given Dafka to the Rabbonim, so that we can ask and we can get a Messiah and we can continue that way. So I think that pretty much goes through that Surga. Be'ez Hashem tomorrow will hopefully be the last Sheh of the email share Be'ezras Hashem. Okay.